river kingdoms, a constantly shifting group of city-states, kingdoms and fiefdoms, rising and falling through the machinations of would-be conquerors, wars, assassinations, games of politics, and dangerous monsters. South of Brevois sits the Stolen Lands. Stolen from what and when are a matter of some debate. Currently overrun by bandits and monsters. Brevois seeks to aid in the establishment of new kingdoms, buffer states, run by anyone strong enough and clever enough to carve a kingdom out of the savage wilderness. Caelan Thorne, the mercenary who would be king, believes he is that man. Herein lies his tale of wilderness exploration, monsters, politics, romantic entanglements, ancient gods, and war. Heavy indeed is the head that wears the crown. Sugar-Fueled Gamers, in association with RPGMP3.com, present Kingmaker, a Paizo Adventure Path. A word to our listeners. This game is often interrupted. Whenever this happens, you'll hear our editor's tone. To let you know when a segment of recording has been removed until we resume gaming. Episode 40. When last we left you? Yep. I believe Desnus had come and gone? Uh, or was, coming, was going through, sorry. We're in the middle of Desnus. Yeah. Yeah. I track them differently. So... Uh, you had start, done the kingdom turn for Desmus. Yes. Um, Bryn is having a cup. Yes. A little cup. A little cup. A small, tiny little waffling cup. A small, tiny little waffling cup. Mm-hmm. But not for some time, because no. you know, half-elven gestation. Yeah, somewhere around a year is the expectation. Yeah, but it's sort of a bit plus minus six months, depending on what kind of baby she's having. It, yeah, be primarily because if it's a half-orc, it'll be quicker. Yeah. If it's a half-elf, it'll be slower. And if it's human, it'll be somewhere in the middle. Yeah. But because, realistically, it's going to be some combination of that blood... It's going to be part walkish and part elvish and part human no matter what. Yeah. It's just at the end it falls out one race or the other because we're not doing, you know, quarter orc, quarter human, half elf. For which I thank you. Yeah. Because the kid would not thank us for um, plus one and, and <laughs> minor attribute minor bonuses and penalties. Oh, durational ability is also well below fun. <laughs> well, it's, you know... Um, you had to bring it outside your own species and give me this horrible math problem with my stats, Mum and Dad. I think at that point you'd be having a half a rank bonus in in spot, listen, and search. See, I mean, no one's gonna, no kids are gonna thank you for that. Crap, dark vision. Mm-hmm. Anyway, yes. Uh, so you went taking out with Michaela? Yes. To Dragonleaf Gulch? Yes. Where you fought a giant carnivorous Venus flytrap left over from a mad wizard who was going to show those fools at the colony. He did learn, I feel, a valuable lesson, but alas, too late to, to do him significant amounts of good. Yep. Colony and wizard both gone? Yep, mysteriously. Uh, I'm pretty certain we know what happened to the wizard. The Soul Eater showed up again? Yep. And Michaela kicked its punk ass back and to... You um, beat the snot out of it. Yeah, no, Michaela beat the snot out of it. Michaela dodged a lot. <laughs> Nonetheless. Michaela beat the snot out of it so hard. And then we killed the venomous plot, which was mostly her as well. Yep. And I believe... She's, in the, she, she's a um, tiny armor-plated machine of death. I believe we are literally still 
Uh, yeah, that was... That yeah, you finished exploring the yeah. Dragon Leaf Gold Hex, and that was it. Yeah, Caelan um, told Michaela how badass uh, um, he thought she was. Yep. And it is... And you have asked the Kankarata Run to be... Um, next month. Next month. Which is pretty exciting. Yeah, and the theory being, we're not expecting the Soli to jump me while I'm with McKenna again. Yep. We're just only taking Bryn to the Kankarata Run, so it, it seems more likely it'll jump me then. Yep. Unless, of course, it you know it decides to you know break into my house in the dead of the night or whatever, yeah, or uh, jump me in some other circumstance. But all right, so um, yeah, so you know we have hiked all the way down here. We've explored that hex. Yep. We're going to press on. So we're done in C nine. Yep. So mm-hmm. we are going to press on into D nine. Okay. And okay, so this one. Um, the river continues through the bottom part of the hex, going out the other side. Yep. Which you're welcome to doodle in if you want to. Yep. Thank you. Uh, the upper half above the river is all mountain. So the the river flows into C9, not... Um, the river d- flows, flows from C9 across to E9. Across to D9, right. Not not into... Um, it doesn't flow down into... No, no. Flows from C9 yep. through D9 into right. E9, ah, west I to east. I see. Across the bottom part of D9. Okay. Alright, I've drawn something that resembles that in. Then on the smaller side of the hex, the below side, is plains, but the majority of it is mountain. Ah. The upper three quarters is all mountainous. Okay. Alright, so that's going to take some exploring. Yep. Ride, ride, ride the crappy horses. There's nothing wrong with our horses, just because Tristram's got a phantom steed. Alright, so that is six days of exploration, I believe. Yep. So we will put in the six days of exploration. Is there anything, or do we endeavour to find anything? I'm pretty sure that's true, but I can um, look it up if you need me to. No, I'm pretty confident it is six. Yep, it is indeed. Yep. Whoops. Here we are. Okay. <coughs> so, the river extends across, but it is pretty small and gentle. You have no real trouble... Um, taking your horses back and forward across. Yep. Unless the rivers are particularly difficult, I'm probably not going to worry about that sort of river crossing stuff anymore. Because yes, we're, we're it's no longer any serious threat to you. You can take the time you need. Yep. And, you know, even the worst swimmers in your party are generally capable of achieving this in some fashion, particularly as if it looks hard. Have my ring of swimming. Yeah, it's yeah. easy. Okay, when you get across there... Um, you search back and forward. In the mountain end, there is nothing. Uh, in the other end, uh, can you give me an intelligence check? Yeah. Okay. Michaela's going to help me out here. Is that no, no, yes. no, she's not. Oh, well, um, Kaelin did moderately well. That's a 23. Okay. Um, you find... Hey, Kay, you, you find a cave in here that you have a little poke around in. Um, there is a swarm of bats in here. You kill the bejesus out of them with yep. your pitfalls. 
Um, the cave does seem kind of unremarkable as you... Well, in fact, you don't go in with your lanterns. Michaela pulls her wand out and waves it around. Yeah, and, and you in. have dark vision. Yep. And so you go and look around, and when Caelan is looking at the back wall, what he sees is there's nothing that leaps out of him immediately. And then he looks at it again, compares it to the other walls, and the majority of the back wall of this cave appears to be a different kind of metal. Uh, um, a rock? No, metal. It's ah. metal in the back of the cave as opposed to rock. Huh. So the cave, the cave it's, itself is rock, but the back wall is metal. But the, the majority of the back wall is metal. It actually looks like it is a thick vein of metal running through, huh. as opposed to seriously worked metal. Yeah. There's still rocks and things poking out from this. But you have been around in mines before. You are not a miner by any stretch of the imagination, so you can't make a profession miner check yeah. here to flag this. But it's a very thick-looking vein of some kind of metal. Right, so um, what I'm finding here is potential... A potential mine of some capacity. Okay. And I did have a rumour about that. There was a rumour about some kind of um, worked metal, and let me look at my rumour sheet. Uh, That reminds me, I meant to do rumours again um, as we're leaving town, so I'll do that now as we're thinking about it. Let me find my rumour sheet first, and then I can both find find that rumour and write down the new one. I think you're actually due a couple, so... Cool. Alright, so uh, good mine south of Lake Silverstep. That's what Caelan done. Yep, this is some, some good grounds for mining south of Lake Silverstep, which of course you currently are. So, um, cave is under the river? Under the river, yeah. Yep. On the plains side, it is actually quite reachable. Cool, I've noted that down. Give me. So, I've got the gnome and centaurs eat humans. Good minds. They eat human flesh. Yeah. They're cannibal. It's not cannibalism, but it's close. Yeah. I've heard there's a silver dragon somewhere in the mountains, which is yep. pretty exciting. And um, <coughs> good minds south of Lake Silverstep, which I may just have found one okay. part of. And you hear some other things. Uh, all right. Uh, you have heard about your new centaur allies, although you immediately pay this rumour no credence because you know it's false. Yeah. Uh, because you've already disproven it. Um, you hear that the Norman centaurs bury their dre- bury their dead in strange sort of mount- mounted boneyards somewhere in the Dunswood, in that plains area to the left. Yeah. To the right, sorry. Um and it's, yeah, there's probably a lot of treasure buried with them because they bury their warriors with gold and trinkets and all this sort of thing. But unfortunately, the place is swarming with undead centaurs. Ah, uh, mm-hmm. But of course, you've actually been up there and, mm. you know, laid things on their grave mounds. Yeah. Here's one that you you don't know. Um, they say the eels that live in Lake Silverstep make damn fine eating. You're told by several of your fishermen that they've been told stories from their father's father's father about how good they were back when men were men and could still catch them. 
But unfortunately, the lake does have several horrible giant swimming monsters living in it. I see. Of course, you actually get um, one of your fishermen. Uh, oh, good! F- my good friend. Yeah, what's his face? Uh, Lives with the other dude. That's it, Stas the lumberjack. He says, "I swear, it's like I swear I saw a cracked jaw." Well, I mean, I didn't see this, but my father told me the story. He used to fish out this way. Something big living in Lake Silverstep. Huge thing he saw it poking out. Long neck, enormous tail. He said it was the size. He said it was the size of a size of a house. And he gives you like a very half-assed Loch Ness monster style description. Yeah, there's apparently a Loch Ness monster living in Lake Silverstep. Okay. Well, that's worth knowing, because I'm planning to explore it by taking Corwin out in a boat, and we'll want to watch out for it. Okay. And that is what you hear about. Okay. So, we find a cave with good minerals. You do. And that's what's in D9? That's what's in D9. Cool. I will mark that as explored. That's something we can tell Van about. Alright, um... And then I want to um, go up and poke C8 and finish exploring the Lake Silverstep area. Mm-hmm. Into C8, you say? Into C8. Which is the first evil hex we've walked into. Uh, I don't have it listed as being evil. Oh, okay, I do. Was- C8, not B8? Can uh, I look at your evil hexes? Uh, yep. No, you're one off. It's D and E. D and E, not D C and C. C. Okay, cool. <coughs> yep. Because it is all the ones adjacent to Vorticai's tomb. Right, that does. Or it is spreading around to the ones adjacent to Vorticai's tomb. Yeah, that does make more sense. Okay, so, um, yes, so heading up into C8. Yep. Uh, we can only explore the non lake bits of the hex, but the theory is finish off by exploring that. Okay, so this one is a little bit of mountain curving around, but is mostly lake hex. Cool. Linking up, oddly enough, to the other bits of lake. I can draw it for you if you want me to. No, that's okay. Is it kind of roundish? Yeah, pretty much. Sweet. Got it. Okay. So, um, the remaining terrain is mountains? The Yeah, the edge of the terrain is mountains. Uh, okay. So, this is actually a real pain in the ass to get around, because it's mostly lake, and then mountain looking down over the lake. Yep. So you sort of ride your horses awkwardly around what picky mountain trails you can make. Uh, can you give me... And is that that river flows up to the lake, presumably? It does indeed. Yep. Okay. Runoff Creek, apparently. Mm-hmm. Cool. And can I give you... 
Can you give me a survival check first? Alright. I'll get a path you are picking. Oh, a good one. Uh, I got an 18. Yep. So, Michaela and you are both quite confident at picking out a path that's sort of close to the cliff edge so you can look out over the lake without actually risking tumbling to your death. Um, that being the case, can you give me a spot check? Fifteen. And okay, she has ranks and spot now, so the same for her. Okay. Um, the two of you don't see this at first, and you ride on a bit. As the noonday sun comes up and the sun hits its zenith over the top of the lake, you can see there is something <coughs> down there at the at the bottom of the lake. By the wall of the by the wall of the mountain, so sub, thoroughly submerged, several several hundred feet beneath the water, yeah, or however deep the lake is, anyway. Um, there is some sort of large shadow there that doesn't seem to be moving, but that's all you can really make out of it. It is something big enough to cast a large shadow, and you only really see it because of where the sun is currently reflecting. Right. Alright, so um, is this wall we're still relatively far away? This is while you're riding up on the top of, on the, on the cliff side. Yeah, looking down. Looking down upon it. Right, so can we get closer? Uh, you'd have to climb down the cliff and then swim underwater to Ah, right, okay, no, that's right. It is a, it is a large thing under the water. Yeah, okay. Um, so At the bottom of Lake Silverstair. Right. Okay, so... Um, and you, you have no... Real idea how deep the lake is without actually getting. Yeah, so we will um, have a watch of it because it could be like a submerged ship or a big yeah. monster or whatever. It doesn't. It doesn't appreciably move. Okay, so um, can I get a location on it in the hex? Uh, mi- lower, lower middle east side. Okay. <clears throat> so the lake stretches right across this hex. Pretty much, it's it's a curve of mountain going around the edge. Yeah. Right. Shadow. The shadow. shadow. Okay. So we've explored a bit that area. Yep. Which I'm calling another day-ish. Yep. Um. It's a bit picky to ride your way around, but it's not compellingly difficult. Yep, that's alright. So we've got the capacity to explore that later with the boat. And still got a couple of days left. I will then head into um, uh, D8. Yep. Um, and have <coughs> a look round. Like, I'm not really... we um, Probably not going to explore it if it's mountains, but if it's an easier to explore... We'll at least like to pick up on the terrain type. In. Uh, it is indeed mountains. Okay. Mountains with a small stretch of plains. On. No, actually, we do just have enough time. Yep, we'll explore that particular hex. Yep, and that is the one with the watches stolen in it. Yes. Um, which you are aware is there and have a pretty good understanding of where it is. Yeah. So you don't struggle to find it. Yeah. You do not have to make the associated checks to actually track it down. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> there are some other checks to make, however. Yep. Uh, survival as you go through this hex. Uh, 18 again. And then a will save. Uh, 27. Okay, so 
<clears throat> As you ride through here, it's sort of that rocky, crumbling, mountain, mountainous terrain. Yeah. Nothing about it strikes you as particularly unusual. There's nothing that marks it out as different from any of the other five bits of mountainous terrain you've ridden through. Yeah. Here. Just a second. <coughs> Blah. Cough still hasn't quite gone away. No. Uh, anyway, um, what your survival tells you is that there's, there's something a little off about the plant life in that, in this area. And indeed, it also, something seems to be off with the animal life as well. You would hardly say this place is dead. We're not talking about withered black plants everywhere, or a complete absence of animal life. But it's much deader than it should be. Um, the plants here are stunted. They are not growing so well. They look like they are sort of slowly withering away from what you might casually ascribe to a lack of water or something in that neighbourhood. Um, likewise, the animal life. Well, you see the odd little. Well, you see the odd mountain cat in here, a few birds and that sort of thing. Seems stunted and subdued here. And. The second effect you notice as you're wandering through here is you feel like like you did on Candlemere, almost exactly like you did on Candlemere, that sensation that you're being watched, that creeping, crawling feeling at the back of your neck, that something is just wrong here, that this is a sort of place that shouldn't quite be. And that is what you perceive of the sort of blight that is entering this area. This is about what um, Akora described to you as well. Yes. The, it wasn't anything she could really put her finger on. It was just there's something wrong there. Mm. And that's the impression you take away as well. Uh, you do not become shaken because you make the will save. Cool. Um, but you still feel that creeping sensation. It just doesn't put you off. Yep. Okay, and... You find the stone. Or what's left of it. Okay. Uh, in fact, you don't find the stone. As you are heading towards it, um, or let me just work out what direction you're coming in from C9 aren't you no we're coming in from C8 C8 okay so that would be after you find it yep okay so what you see here is there is this there is a valley up here that sort of dips down slightly and then it heads up and up and up and up to a fairly high point on the mountain, one of the higher points you've seen. And when you get up there, it sort of looks down around the areas around you. Um, if you desperately care, I can give you the terrain types, all the hexes around you, because you can now perceive it. Yep, sounds good. Uh, so, of the ones that you haven't got, uh, D7 is mountain. Okay. E7 is plains. Oh, it's, no, I know G7's mountain. I've explored that. Right, sorry, I haven't got your map in front of me. Okay. Um, E7 is plains. Yep. 
E8 is also planes. Okay. Quicker to explore with it. E9 appears to be largely mountainous. Okay. With a river running through it, and I believe that's all the ones. That's all the ones I can see from there. Yep. Okay. And at this top point, there is this thing. Um, Can you actually give me a knowledge engineering check? I'll tell you what you're looking at. Uh, 28. Okay, so... I have to not add morale bonuses to all my checks after the Desert Island game. It is a grey stone... It is a sort of grey stone statue piece of some kind. Um, And what it looks like is something carved vaguely in the shape of the moon. It's uh, empty in the middle, so it's it's a big stone O shape. Um, it actually has symbols around the outside that are symbols of the moon and that sort of thing. Um, and it looks to you as if something is supposed to go in the middle. In fact, you're quite confident of what you're looking at here. <coughs> it's something akin to a giant looking glass. There's supposed to be a big glass thing that goes in here. And when I say big, I don't mean atrociously huge. It's about half the size of a man. So this glass would be... And, and the glass itself would probably be about... Uh, thinking about that. You, 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 you're looking at like a five-foot diameters all the way across, isn't it? Uh, yes. Yeah, so like a five-foot diameter glass lens going in the middle of this. Right, so it is actually pretty massive. Yeah. It's the size of a small man, a very small man. But when you say that, you mean the lens is the size uh, of yes, a small lens. Yeah. Yeah, the actual the, statue is bigger than that. Not significantly, it's like seven foot. Right, yep. Because And it's basically got settings around to hold this and rotate it and yep. move it. Um, um, Uh, yes, so there is this ancient relic. Uh, you would recognise it as being of old Faymake, which doesn't terribly surprise you. Yeah. Um, long abandoned, long, long sort of abandoned and forgotten. Yeah. Um, but the lens looks re- looks like relatively recently, i.e., sometime in the last you know couple of years, as opposed to ten thousand years ago. Somebody has deliberately removed the glass from it, which must have been quite a trick because it looks like it was quite well secured. Yeah. You wouldn't say it's locked in place with actual padlocks or anything. You could take this apart with sufficient knowledge of engineering and put it back together, but you'd have to know what you were doing to some extent. Yep. Um, And that is what you see here at present. Okay. So, um, from what Denise told us and didn't tell us, yeah. um, she and um, the centaur queen, Zemek, yeah. Z- Zemek, came here and took the glass out, yeah. and Zemek divided it into pieces and hid it? Zemek, Zemek broke it into pieces and hid it. Yeah. Um, but presumably it could be put back together again, like she wasn't destroying yeah, it. Yeah, Akora didn't seem to uh, have have any conception that that would be of any obstacle at all. Yeah. So the conception is, um, when Akora said, it's here and this is what you do with it, Yeah. she said you could use it to pierce the veil that prevents you from getting to, um... Vortikai's Island. Vortikai's Island. Yep. If the glass was here. Yep. 
Um, and when she, when she said that, was she saying, does somebody have to use the stone who's standing here? Like and if the glass was here, someone could use the stone? In fact, when you look at it, and where it's vaguely angled and pointed and that sort of thing, you look down and you see the river going through the middle of, um, what's that? That's E9. There's a river going yep. through there amongst the mountains. Yeah. Um, and in the middle, it splits, it, it widens up a bit, and there's a little island in there. Right. You know, completely unremarkable. There is nothing obvious on it from what you can see from what's admittedly a substantive distance away. Yeah. But there's no giant stone tower or anything like that on it. Yeah. And the glass appears to be pointed at it. So, so if there was glass here and you looked through it, you would see something. something. And um, what Akura said, does someone have to do an actual ritual to get the island to come up so that somebody else can go through? I guess I'm asking, if I had the glass, yep. do I need like some centaurs standing here doing this thing while I go in onto the island? You actually don't know. She has not been terribly clear on this point. Okay, because the, the thing is, I know I need the glass. You you have heard a bunch of centaur myths and legends. Yeah. Um, you could actually answer this. Uh, actually, you could answer this because you have the knowledge of religion and monkey with you. <coughs> so you debate this with Michaela. Yeah, I'm, I'm talking to Michaela. So this is where um, Akora, um, Denise told us the um, Zemek took the glass out. I wonder what it's supposed to do with the glass if we can track down the glass. So if the glass goes in here and it points down on the island... Yeah, you can see the island down there. Kind of creepy just to be able to see it. Oh. Oh, of course. Is it the moon? It must be. If you angle it appropriately, when the moonlight comes through, uh, very much like a focused beam of a lantern, it should point down the island. I would say there's an activation ritual of some kind, or it'd be visible every moonrise if the glass is pointed in the right direction. But uh, it looks relatively simple based on these carvings. So there is an activation ritual to... According to what she's reading, uh, uh, she sees it as wiping the veil, reads it as wiping the veil from the glass. Yeah. And in some fashion that renders the glass functional. Yeah. Whereas otherwise it doesn't do anything. Um, But it looks really easy. The instructions are written right here on the stone as far as she can understand them. So you should be able to do this yourself. um, And then head down to the island or anyone with relatively uh, relatively basic abilities should be able to do it. Yeah. Uh, it. She says all, all it seems to require is what the ritual refers to as an application of life. Uh, healing magic of some kind. But that should be easily enough realised even smashing a potion on the stone should do the job. Right. So anyone with access to divine magic in any form could activate this. Cool. So you will have no real trouble. Yeah. You could do it yourself. You could get an ally to do it. Yep. <clears throat> no problem. Okay. So we have found out about that. Yep. And is that everything that we discover in that hex? No, it is not. Okay. As you explore further on from it... Um, 
You get the GM going off to find the monster manual. <laughs> well, that's always a good sign. It's a friendly monster. It oh. just wants to hug you. Wait, you're taking pets, aren't you? I thought it might really be a friendly monster. It wants to hug your blood. Well, I'm just saying, it could be a silver dragon. Could be a silver dragon. No, you're too far forward in the book for it to be a silver dragon. Oh, fast. Hmm? Hey, I know where silver dragons are in the book. Maybe I'm looking up something that isn't a silver dragon, but is wonderful and huggable. Just give me a moment. As you are just searching through a bit of mountain, um, this is maybe a kilometre east of the ghost of the stone. Yeah. Um, can you and Michaela both give me spot checks? Uh, well, Kellen got a five, so he'll totally know it's there when it tries to eat his face. Yeah. Uh, and I'm, ju- I'm guessing from that snorting noise that Michaela did no better. Uh, no, actually, I'm snorting it. It's efforts to stealth away from you. Oh, good. All right. So Michaela sees it. Yeah. Um, Michaela sees something. Um, switches to orcish. Yeah. And says to you, Oh, there's something hiding behind that rock over there. It looks like a giant hideous spider with a face. It's watching us. I mean, like a person face. I might actually know what this is now that I have knowledge of planes. I've forgotten I have that. Uh, yes, she does. She, she, it's really hideous. And then she looks blank for a moment. And she, I, I've read about it when I was studying at the library. When I was studying at the libraries at the academy at Kelmoraine Village. <coughs> I've never been to Kelmoraine. <coughs> yes, I have. I, I went there to study at the Planar Academy. She looks kind of... Right. Didn't happen. Sorry. Uh, Still interested in the knowledge, though. It's it's a face spider. It's a big spider creature from the ethereal plane. Uh, poisonous. Um, can sort of jump in and out of our world very rapidly. It's ethereal. That means it's intangible, largely not here, unless it wants to be... Uh, a bit of a pain in the ass to kill, but nothing uh, terrible. Is it... Are they? Do they eat people? Are they hostile? Um, and she describes what she is looking at, which looks like a huge spider. I believe it is, in fact, large size. Yep, it is a large-sized spider, so something the size of your horse, with a woman's face with long black hair on it. Eek. Yep. Michaela is unsettled by it. Um... She says, uh, they're not inherently evil, they're just creatures, intelligent, but yes, they'll, they'll quite certainly uh, kill people if they, if they uh, need to. But uh, Not evil by nature, and they don't eat people. Right. 
So it doesn't necessarily want to attack us. Not necessarily. I, I don't know all that much about them, I'm afraid. Well... I only read the one book and I didn't read. Ugh. Sorry. <laughs> anyway, if it's uh, if it's bright and um, not necessarily hostile, um, let's just sort of detour around it. And yeah, you're sort of riding slowly, to riding slowly, vaguely past it at this point. Yeah, so uh, sort of slowed down, as pointing off in this direction at something else entirely, and talking to you. Yeah. All right. So I think we'll sort of veer to go. Our inclination is we'll veer to go past it, and no, but not super close. We'll veer to go round it yep. in a casual manner yes. and see what it does. You start veering around it in a casual manner, and then you hear a voice that is coming from a place that you can't see. Yep. Uh, can you make another spot check? You now know it's there. Yeah, but I really suck at the spot for... <coughs> okay, you still can't see it. Yeah. But you're pretty sure the voice is coming from the phase spider based on where Michaela said it was. Yeah. Um, you hear... You help. Yes. Uh, In common. Yeah. Until then. Uh, sorry? You help me. Yes. You need help? What do you need help with? Yes. Help me. Okay, I'm I'm going to come a little closer. It says a bunch of other words to you in a different language, which I'm guessing you don't speak at all. Damn sure no, Michaela doesn't speak this one. Uh, that would be undercommon. <laughs> Michaela, you um can understand what it's saying with your magic, right? Uh. I believe I have a scroll around for that. Give me a moment. I thought she prepared comprehend language. No, she does not routinely prepare the spell. Right, I get it. She says, I don't routinely prepare the spell, but I do keep a scroll around for this sort of purpose. I'd be able to understand what it's saying, but not necessarily communicate back. Well, I think um, if we can understand what it's saying, because it, it, it can understand Taldane a bit, um, if you can cast the spell, we can work out what it's saying and... Um, then um, try and respond. Right. She pulls out the scroll, and uh, I, I know my friends is casting a scroll so we can understand you. Yeah, uh, the creature endeavours to remain hidden from you yep. throughout all of this, so you can't see. Kaelin still can't see it. And that's fine. Kaelin's um, accustomed to having Kaelin's entire encounters with the Fae was that not being able, him not being able to see them. Um, and. You hear, you hear this sort of flowing but dark sounding language coming out of it. It sounds very vaguely elvish to you, but elvish like it's being put through a blender. Tura nirara itariendo estarinarata, and Michaela starts invoking her skull. Right, right, okay. One more time. Right, right. Ah, yes, you help me, yes, I think so, probably. Uh, just a moment while I tell th- this man what you're saying. Uh, it-, it says its name is Zamas, 
that it doesn't want to come out because it thinks we'll be unsettled by its appearance. It's quite right. Um, it, it says that this area, it says that it used to come here because this place used to glow when the moon was up. But then it stopped a while, then it stopped a while back. I don't really understand its comprehension of the passage of time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But we could probably assume that was when Zemek removed the removed the glass. Aye, that does seem that does make sense. Uh, it, it says that there are some creatures that are trying to eat it that have stolen the light from this place. Uh, it wants our help killing them, and it's offering us a fancy chest with stuff inside. Well, yes, fancy chests. That's a very generous offer. It's, I mean, we know that the thing's in multiple pieces. We, this may be a clue, and we know that Deneed knows where at least one of them are. This may be a clue to another piece, maybe. What kind of creatures are stole the light? Yeah, she says that it's something called a zil. Ah. Uh. Can't say I've ever heard of one. Untrained knowledge check? Uh. Yes, actually. Okay, let's have that one. Uh, 24. It's some. Uh, oh, and I'm sorry, no, my apologies. Sorry, I was doing a full, full stat bonus check. No, 13. Okay, you hit the 10. Yep. Uh, you think it's some kind of extra planar creature or another? Because Michaela's talked about the phase spider coming from the ethereal plane, you think this it, Zills are a kind of creature that does as well. Right. But that's pretty much about what you know of them. They're some sort of like vaguely reptile y extra planar doodad. Do you want to see a picture of a Zill? Yep. Right. Does Helen, has Helen read her master manual extensively enough to know what a Zill is? No, I haven't read that entry. Um, they're, they're kind of like. Didn't read a lot about face spiders. Four-armed reptile people. Okay. But that's about the extent of what you know about them. Okay. Whether they're intelligent or have special abilities or whatever. You know, this is like Kaelin dredging through his memory. That's a really weird name. Yeah, and I know Tristram said something about it once, and I was sort of listening at the time because we were still relatively early in the conversation. Yeah. (laughs) Zill, reptile, extra planar thingy. Right, got it. Okay, so, alright, um, I get that that seems like something we could help with. Uh, it seems like we want this glass thing, and generally speaking, we like shiny chests with stuff in. Um, I will, we'll try and, we'll try and help you. We want the light back as well. We want to put the light back in, in that statue thing over that way. Zzz, yes, lights back. Good. Brutal Hisarani Erastaria. I think it's a she, but she says she'll come and help us. She'll lead us to the Zills and, and the light. Sounds great. She says it's easier to see at night if we can't smell it already. Okay. Happy to wait for nightfall. And, um... Listen, um, 
I know you look a bit weird. We promise not to stab you. No stabs. Stabzilds. And this thing will start to come out from behind the rock it's hiding behind. Yeah. And it does indeed. It looks like a giant horse-sized spider with a woman's face on it. Yep. It's freakish. Yep. But it's talking and it's offering treasure. Yes, yes it is. It's not trying to attack us. Alright, and you stick around and wait for nightfall, which is not terribly far away. Sweet. So, you know, we'll just have some dinner or whatever. The face spider is welcome to have some dinner with us if it wants. Yeah. You're not quite sure what it eats. Yeah. You offer it some food. It sort of looks at... Doesn't smell right. Don't worry, then. Sure, if I read the entry in depth, it would tell you what a face spider ate. No, it wouldn't. Well, that's fine. It might eat back on its home plane or whatever. Yeah, well. Maybe it eats like. I find the ones that look pretty different to um, most of the ones, anyway. Is that thing at the, the top? The one big white thing. Yeah, yeah, that is pretty different. <laughs> Perhaps it eats ethereal butterflies or something. <laughs> no doubt. Ethereal butterflies and. Um, <coughs> adventurers. <laughs> yeah. Primary diet is adventurers. Alright, and so Zamas comes out from behind the block, and at this point the um the comprehend languages has worn off. Yeah. Nonetheless it is not terribly difficult to work out what she wants. She walks forward, she actually beckons you with a with a uh appendage. Yeah. Uh, Legs, basically. Yeah. They're spidery, thick spidery legs that look yep. like they're made with sort of hard bone instead of actual yep. flesh. But she sort of beckons like this. Yeah, we'll follow her. You help, yes, beckon, beckon, beckon. Yep. You follow her, and um, once the moon comes up, you follow her to basically a sort of random spot in the mountains. Yeah. Um, and as you head towards it, you can see there's a light glowing out from it. Oh. Um, a fairly large one, as if there's several dozen, something putting out the force of about several dozen lanterns, sitting buried in the tall, buried in the tall grass in this little valley in the mountains, just over there. You see it from, you know, about a hundred feet away, this sort of glowing light, and spot check? Wow, it's it's really five again. <laughs> yep, the light is screwing up your racial dark vision. Yeah. The cable on the other hand it's sort of... It's supposed to stay dark when it's dark. Looks at it. Is this... Changing dice. Something kind of flittering in the lights. I, I can't <coughs> make it out, but I don't think it's quite here. I think it might be... I don't know, ghosts? Something in that neighbourhood? All right. <laughs> Well, if anybody know, if anyone knows about ghost stuff, the people I know, it's got to be you, right? True enough. <laughs> well, what's the plan? Charge in. Uh, let's move up on it slowly and see what jumps us. Okay, you move up on it slowly. Uh, Zamas comes with you. Um. I'm happy for us to lead. You know, now that she's pointed it out to us, I'm happy for us to lead the way. 
but depends on how aggro she wants to be. Lils. So, yeah. you know, we'll endeavor to, you know, go relatively quietly, but, yep, you know, yep. we, we Maybe are team, move silently, chick. We are team planks a lot. And Kaylin's continuing. Yep, Zill's here, you, of yep. course. <laughs> I don't know what Kaylin's mustering for that, but it's got to be better than Michaela's. I got a five. Uh, she has a meager negative four. Yep. Yeah, well, uh, Zill's I, roll a natural twenty on this on their listen check. Yep. Two extremely she clanky one on her move silently check. Yep. Two extremely clanky people clank forwards. So, am I rolling for initiative? You are rolling for initiative. Yep. Helen uh, gets five. Yep. Um, do we have the face spider on here as well? Yep. Zamas. Ah. Name spelled with two Z's. I'm really confused because it's the same colour as the bad guys. Yep. Okay. Trust the GM. Trust the GM. Okay. Uh, Michaela is on a whopping two. Okay. Uh, Zamas. What did Zilz give there? Uh, the Zilz are on 16. Okay, yep. And Zamas is on 22. Okay. If that is an indication she's going to betray us, she is, um, going to have plenty of time to do it. Okay, so I will actually put the stone on here as well, I think. Actually, I'll just exit in, it's probably easier for me so there is a thing in here which which the light is spreading out from. What okay. we're looking at is this is all mountainous terrain around here. This bit is basically a, a very small little valley dip where grass is actually growing and some water is actually pooling and that sort of thing. It's nothing remarkable. It's just scrubland um, and comparatively dead scrubland as well. Um, and lying in the grass mostly obscured there is something you can't see all that well but you can see the light going out from it yep um, you and Michaela on our horses on our horses are riding up towards it face spider face spider just behind you and little zills then suddenly as you ride up appearing around it um there are four of these strange little creatures. Um, they are about five foot tall, so short, very short man again. Um, not halfling size though. Little red things. They have four arms. Each of them has weapons in them. Yep. Um, and can you give me a quick sense motive check at a minus four? Ah, that I rolled well on. Uh... 18. You actually beat Michaela on that one. Yes, I rolled a 19 on the dice. Okay. Um, You're sure this isn't directly what's happening, but they almost look kind of drunk. They are swaying in the light and sort of dancing around and waving their weapons. They look like the impression you take away is they're having a drunken party. 
Yeah, they clearly don't have any booze or anything like that around. It's as if the light it makes itself them drunk. Right, yep. Is making them drunk and happy. <coughs> Which, given they're from the same plane as this, um, as, um, Zasmus, maybe that's what she wants the light for as well? Yeah. Um, and so they sort of shimmer in the light and appear as if they are popping through out of the ethereal plane into your world. Yeah. And. <laughs> point at you as they see you coming and it's a different language to what she was speaking but it sounds nasty I did roll a pretty good sense motive check there was that kill humans kill 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 sweet and then it is Um, actually you did get a pretty good sense motive check there um you think it is attack. It is not kill, and that prospect doesn't fill you with a lot of um, a lot of hope. They they want you for something, but you probably don't want to be a part of whatever it is that's going. Oh on. right, so it's like more, more um, prisoners for the sacrificial feast. Yeah, possi- possibly fresh torture victims. It's or different. Let's, let's, it's let's different. Bring, let's it's definitely get them, but yeah. not necessarily kill them. Okay, but we don't necessarily want to volunteer for whatever yeah, they want to do with it's us. It's not. Instead. It's not get them and bring them forward for marshmallows around that campfire. Yep. Cool. Okay. When I'm way out of my depth, as I frequently am with these weird critters, I like to have some confidence that I'm beheading the right guys. So Zamas starts an initiative? Yep. As far as you can perceive, she simply ceases to exist. Okay. That's fine. She is no longer where she was, as if she has gone invisible, become ethereal, something in that manner. Plane has shifted to another plane. Yep. How the hell would we know? That's fine. She's gone, and then it's the Zills. Okay, the Zills, who... Ample rounds of warning of hearing you clanking up, and your actual suspicion is that they've heard you clanking up sometime before you got here and started appearing. Yeah. Um, all have their weapons out. And. Okay, get a bit of notepaper to track Kaelin's hit point. Not a relevant thing, is the. Um, given where you are. Uh, they will all have longbows out. Ah. And what you see is each of them has a pair of longbows because they have four arms. Oh, nice. They draw back on the left and the right simultaneously. And they let fly. Four shots at you, four shots at Michaela. Right, okay. Uh, so, four shots at Michaela. I have to get up pretty early, but... Um, yeah, I'll be impressed if they hit her. Uh... Hells, no. Um, no, 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 and no. They're actually reasonable shots. She just deflects them all with the tower shield. Yep. Um, and then it is four shots on you. What are they aiming for? Uh, 20. Okay, one will hit. Yep, just one. So... It is an odd sensation. You can duck aside and turn several of the blows, but you're not used to having this many longbows shot at you by the same creature. Yeah. As you're turning to deflect the one from the right, you get hit by the one from the left, which deals you a whopping, wait for it, one point of damage. They're not super composite longbows or anything. Oh, sweet. Okay. 
fear I, the power of the Zills. I'm not saying we can just sit here for the next six rounds and let them shoot us, but I'm, I'm not feeling the terror. Um, seeing you not immediately collapse under their onslaught, um, they... all spin their weapons around um, and drop prone. Okay. Shall I tip them over to yep. resent oh, their proneness? They are sort of lying in the grass to hide. Right. Of, of a sort. They're not really trying to hide, they're trying to get out and get cover. Yeah. But they've got nothing to hide behind here, so... Yep. And then can you make an sense motive check? four again. Uh, I rolled more poorly on this one. Uh, that's a seven. Yeah. Michaela looks at them. I don't know what they're doing, but that doesn't look like tactically wise. I think they might be trying to lure us in, lure us to come closer to them. Right. Okay. Because dropping prone, given that you can just ride them down, is not terribly smart. Oh, right. Um. Okay. And Michaela's readers, they're doing it deliberately as opposed to out of drunkenness or whatever. Okay, good to know. And then it is who is next. Kayla. Kayla. Alright, um, well, given Michaela's advice, um, I will... I mean, you can't just haul off and write them down anyway. Yeah, yeah. Well, given they haven't exactly proved themselves a terrible threat at this stage, mm-hmm. um, I will endeavour to shoot them with a longbow. Uh, you'll have to get off your horse. Oh, first. that's right. That's a good point. Okay, I will... Right. No, that is a good point, actually. We're taking the horse into consideration. One, two, three. One, two, three, four. Uh, five, six, seven, eight. Yeah, so I can gallop the horse in, which seems foolish. No. I will ride my horse to here mm-hmm. and dismount or endeavour to dismount as a free action. There is Caleb's buddy. Yep. Which I pull off. Yep. And um, then I will shoot them. Go for Okay. Um, Twelve will miss. Uh, I imagine so. Given they've got a plus four bonus because of the lying pro. Uh, yes, quite comfortably. Yeah. And then um, 19 on the second shot. Will also miss. Okay. Mm-hmm. You have my, they have plus fours to AC for the cover, effectively. Yeah, and then I will um, switch weapons and draw gatekeeper. Yep. Um, I am going to proceed forward cautiously, but I am planning on continuing to move forward. And because now I am um, closer, I can get in the melee with them on the next move. Mm-hmm. And it is Michaela. Okay. Do you, actually, do you want me to turn this so you can see it as well? That might be helpful. Uh, given there's no actual reason to have it facing only me. Okay, well, we'll look at her list of ranged tricks. Uh, she will also ride forward. To the same space I am? Yep, just cool. next to you. Uh, also endeavours to fast dismount. Yep. Does not do so successfully. Yep. Dismounts as a move. Um, and... She is out of moves now that she's just moved the horse forward. 
Yeah, she moves the horse forward and then she dismounts. Yeah, which has to be moved, which is a move action because I, I, you can't fast dismount. Yeah, um, is moving the horse forward a move action? I, I can't remember. I thought it was the horse's movement. I thought that was the bonus you got for riding. I know you can't full attack as part of a horse. Yeah. Okay. So she will hot climb off the horse. Yep. And then she says, I'm a little out of my depth here. Let's not give them what they're expecting to see. I'll still be right here. And she vanishes. Cool. Cast something, disappears. So I'll take that. Uh, keep a mini on the map so I can see where she is. Okay, sweet. No worries. And that is her. Okay. Uh, Zamas uh, does nothing you can perceive. That's fine. Um, the Zills. Uh, all. <laughs> Climb, stand up again. Yep. Mm-hmm. Master plan having failed. Uh, so, stand up as move action. Uh, they will drop half their bows and draw short swords instead. Okay. So they are now armed with ranged weapons and melee weapons. Okay. And that is all of them. Okay. And it's Caitlin. Alright. So I could have a shot at... I could switch weapons again and have a shot at them. Or I could move in like they want me to. I'm a bit nervous about why they will... On the other hand, if they close, I'm going to be at a bit of a disadvantage. No, I am going to try moving in. Yep. I will go cautiously forward. Yep. Does anything happen? Nope. Okay. Then I'm going to stab this little guy in front of me. Yep. They gibber at you and he endeavours to dodge and block it with his short sword. Okay, uh, that is a thir- uh, 28. And you waffle him upside the head. Yep, uh, sorry, 29. Okay, and we will see. Alright, do I need to roll the acid damage separately? No. Okay. Oh, it's going to be a bad day to be a Zill. Alright, uh, I'm currently using it as a two-handed weapon because I haven't got the power yep. shield out. So that's 16 plus 8 is 24 points of get great keeper down. Okay, you step in and cut him in half. Okay. <laughs> you hear very loudly clang clang clonk clink clonk clank yep Michaela invisibly walks up to them yep. with a minus 14 to, to move silently yep uh, then suddenly she reappears and reaches out for one of them with a hand yep. glowing with negative energy uh, she will touch it because it's touch flat foot flat footed touch AC and she puts a hand out towards it, and as she does so, her her hand makes contact, but the sort of reddish-black light spreading out from it seems to just shed off the thing's skin without really touching it. It's got spell resistance of some kind. Interesting. And she touches it, and her spell just fizzles out instead of going through. And, of course, she reappears. She tries to do this. And she... Ugh. Nothing's ever easy, is it? <laughs> 
And then it is... I'm glad I know they're um, trying to kill us, or trying to whatever, they're trying to do something bad to us, because I feel they're um, not putting up that much of a fight. On the other hand, I am standing next to them. Maybe this is the point where they're against me. There it is, the Zills. Uh, it is um, Face Spider. Yep, does nothing. Okay. That you can perceive. Yep. And... Not particularly want to take his chances. How fast are these things? Oh, fast, fast. No, right, okay. Yeah, no problem. Uh, <clears throat> one of them steps up cautiously towards you. Um, the other one moves in a wider circle. And then the third one goes woof, straight through the middle tumbling across in an incredibly fast roll. It just sort of tucks itself up into a little ball and goes woof across to Michaela's horse. Okay. And the two of them attack you. Um, they will drop their longbows at this point uh, and they will drop their short swords. Huh. And they endeavor to just hook you with their little claws making four attacks of these. Ah. Uh... That's going to be several hits, I would imagine. Uh, crit threat, hit. Yep. Uh, fail on the confirmation. Cool. Uh, good God. Uh, what's the AC they're aiming for? 20. Uh, hit, hit. So yep. The, the little guy behind you, all four of his attacks hit. Yep. The other one, uh, who was flanking, hit. Hit with the flank. Miss, miss. Okay, so that's six hits. Six hits, okay. And you have no meaningful DR against any of these, so I'll just give them to you all in one big wash. Yep. Alright, so they wanted to be close to me because they like clawing people. Seems logical. Uh, Can you take 18 damage from all six hits? Uh, Yep. And then make me six fortitude saves. Oh, that's never good. Alright, so, um... Uh... So... Uh, 76 minus... 6... Uh, 70 minus 10... 60... 58. Yep. Then six fortitude saves. Yes. Uh, this is a difficulty of 14, so I believe you succeed on anything that isn't a 1. Uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. You're 12 to your fort save currently? Yeah. So, so roll for Fine, 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 uh, fine, just. Uh, I got a 14 on the last one. That's still a pass. Okay. It's a DC 14, so you need to hit 14. Yeah, I, I pass all of them. Yep. So, they hook at you, and you more or less largely shake this off. You're slashed a bit by several Yeah, well, I mean, it, it is a quarter of my hit. Sharp, points. fast claws. And you feel there's something else in their claws, and your body seems to slow and stiffen up for a moment, as if you were being paralysed by some sort of toxin pumping through you. Yeah. And then you just harden that, hard walk up and shake it all off. Yep. Mm-hmm. But they have paralysis claws. Cool. Uh, the last guy gets up to your horse, well, Michaela's, Michaela's horse. Uh, you've got horse stats around them. Yeah, yeah. They're on the back of one of these. Right. 
It's been a while since we had to use the horses. Yeah, They're yeah. in here somewhere. These things are horsey. It is. Well, they will attack the horse. Yeah. Thrilled to know what the usual modifier is. To mm-hmm. Apparently, they spent valuable skill points on it. Mm-hmm. Here we are. Uh, what kind of war horse does Michaela have? The good one, heavy war horse. Heavy war. Yeah, of course, we want a proper one. Okay, I've got the horse stats. Yep. Uh, Fourteen to hit its AC. Uh, its AC is fourteen. Uh, deals the horse <coughs> piteous damage. Um, that's probably not even worth tracking. Um, the horse needs to make me a fortitude save. Okay. Uh, the horse makes the fortitude save. Yeah, the horse is not paralysed either. Okay, you sure you don't want to... It's only got 30 hit points. You sure you yeah, don't want to... It's taken two damage. Okay. So this thing hits it with multiple, multiple, multiple attacks. Well, it might start paralysing the horse. At e- yeah, at which point it will stop trying to kill it. Ah, right. Because mm-hmm. it wants to eat the horse. Okay. Um... So, um, Les, you might want to knock that off or you're going to have nothing to ride out of here on. Ugh. Alright, over to you. Uh, yes, that was all the Zills, wasn't it? Yep, the Zills drop all the weapons and claw away like maniacs. Okay. I'd like to introduce them to this thing I have called Cleave and Great Tooth. Yep. Alright, I begin by attacking that Zill. Yep. With my first attack. Okay, um, I get a 30. Yep, you hit him. Okay. He is actually, you know, pretty dodgy. Well trained with his weapons. Um, so yeah, yeah, he's he not as well trained as you. Alright. Uh, didn't roll as well on the damage that time. That is uh, 13 plus 8, uh, 21. Uh, he is still alive. He looks horribly, horribly wounded. Okay. Um, I then kick in the cleave and attack that one. Yep. Same attack minus, minus two. Yep. Uh, I crit fumble. Yep. You miss him. Uh, you can't crit fumble. Oh. oh, yes, I can't. So I, I re-roll. As you, so as you turn, the grass here is wet, muddy, and kind of slippery. You plant your foot, and you know every other situation you've done this in, you just stumble slightly, miss it by a quarter of an inch, but enough to turn a lethal blow into nothing. Here, you see it coming the moment you put your foot down, plant your foot, and. You can't roll ones. Fantastic. All right. I have another try. Okay. And that is a 26. Splat. Uh, 24, sorry. Splat. Um, and uh, I'm rolling worse, on, much worse on the damage that time. That is um, 15 damage. Okay. Uh, he is looking slightly healthier than his buddy. Yeah. Okay. Then I... Um, Second attack, the horribly wounded guy. Yep. Uh, at which point I get a 24. Yep. He is hit. He explodes into a thousand pieces as Gatekeeper severs his one remaining hit point oh, all uh, over the floor. Then I will attack this guy with the second. Uh, you cannot cleave the same target more than once in a round. Oh, okay, fair yeah. enough. That's fine, so I will settle for killing him and wounding the other guy. I'm pretty confident that's how cleave works. Even if I'm using a separate attack? I uh, can. It would be good if you would check that for me. Boings the thing, with the thing, with the thing. Right. Uh, once per round, if you hit and damage an opponent, you may cleave another opponent within reach. Uh, player's handbook.
still works as it did. All I changed was you don't have to drop them, you just have to hit them. Yeah. And I've got Great Cleave as well. Yep. Right, so great cleave, great cleave works like Cleave, but there is no limit to the number of times you can use it per round. Uh, you cannot cleave a given opponent more than once. Okay, that's fine. So, because you have already cleaved him this round, you cannot cleave him again. Whereas okay. if you'd missed him on the last shot, yep. you get another crack at it. Sweet. Okay, that's fine. So I dismember one of them and Horribly wound the, the other. other. Yep. Uh, and it is Michaela. Michaela says, alright, well... We'll do this the messy way then. Uh, flanks with the horse, who yep. is war trained, and yep. starts, you know, thrashing at Brazil. So she gets her flank on this. And sneak attacks. Crit threat. Uh. Uh, crit confirmation with the flank. Yep. This one is not injured, however, so. Yep. Was actually but... worth adding up. Yep. And of course, the sneak attack dice doesn't double. No. But um, I'm thinking it's going to be kind of a problem for the little guy anyway. Six, nine, yeah. So, Michaela steps in, sword up in one hand, towel shield up in the other hand, swings with the long sword, and cleaves into him with heavy amounts of force. It's not a really graceful strike, it's just a lot of power hitting it under the heart. And the zeal goes and falls over. Yep. And then it is the last zeal. Yep. Time to use its incredible racial ability. And hook the fuck out of Dodge. Hells, yes. It starts to fade away. Okay. That's its action. Does that provoke? Uh, but it's already a move action to do this. So it will claw you and then start to fade away. Okay. Uh, it's actually going to hit you again because it's apparently awesome. Uh, for another four damage. Okay. And another fortitude save. Yep. I have to roll a one sometime, but not today. Okay. So it lashes out at you with a claw, then sort of steps and turns slightly away from you. It begins to fade away. You can still perceive it, it's just partially transparent. Okay. And then it is back to you. Yep. You have no idea whether it's still interactable or not. I'll find out by hitting it. Yep. Uh, That is a... 19. Uh... That will miss it anyway. It dodges away. That's fine. I will take a second shot at it, uh, which is also a 19. I missed twice. Yep. So it dodges and moves as you swing at it, and you have no idea whether you'd have hit it, even if you'd connected. Yeah. Uh, Michaela. Yep. Gonna come stab the last one. Yep. Uh, doesn't have enough movement to get into the flank, <coughs> so she'll come and stand yep. there. Take a walk at it. Uh, we'll actually put a tower shield away here to have a better chance of hitting it, given yep. it's disappearing. Uh, that would be 16. No, misses. That's fine. The Zill fades slightly further away. Okay. It is still visible. Okay, and the face spider is still not doing anything you can see? Okay. Um, I will att- oh, attack it again. Alright, so um, that is a 25. 
Okay, this time you swing solidly into it, and you feel some sort of resistance to your blade. Actually, a lack of resistance to your blade, as if your blade might just pass right through it. Uh, it has 50% concealment. Because it's uh, most of the way. Okay, so I will roll this, um, I will roll this percentage chance, and yep. if it is um, the high end, then I hit it. It is the high end. Okay, so the blow connects, despite this. It sort of cuts a little bit into it without any impact, and then suddenly you hit something. Yep. And... Splat. Uh, we'll get. And it explodes all the way through. And because this ability keeps going, a, about half a moment later, it ceases to exist on the material plane. Yep. And you are left with three Zill corpses sitting around the place. Yep. And almost immediately... <laughs> Zamas appears again over here somewhere. Yep. And it's like, yes, very good. You help. We fight. Uh, okay. Carolyn kind of gives it a look. It didn't actually do anything. But, um, obviously... Are you endeavouring to communicate this fact to it in any way? Uh, it's, um, uh, yeah, I, I thought you said you were going to help. Yes. I fight. It says something in undercommon. Looks at you, realizes you can't understand it. Thinks from an fights other places. Oh, you fought them on the other. You fought them in the other plane. Yes. Thank you. Uh, can you give me a says motive check? That is eight, uh, 18. Do I, am I getting minus 4? Uh, no, actually, because it's actually talking to you in a yeah. communicable language. Okay. Uh, you're pretty sure she's lying to you. Okay. Um, the impression you get is a lot of fear. Like, she's looked at them and gone, fuck no, and just disappeared. Okay, sure. She did actually transmute, to, transmute off to the material uh, ethereal plane. Yeah. She just didn't fight any souls there. Okay, hmm. Oh, well, um, Caitlin's going to let her have her face-saving lie at this point, because that seems... Yes. Zills. Dangers. Many kills. You close. Zzz. To Zills. <laughs> but Caitlin sort of looks at you shrug slightly. Oh, well, let's... Draw whatever communicatable information you like from that. Let's take a look at this glowy thing. Okay, and can you give me a search check as you pokes around the Zills, the thing, the area. Um, Kayla will achieve this on her 22. Okay, I will, as is customary, roll her a plus two. Yep. She'll be easily fine. Okay, so you go poking around, um... The Zills appear to have a lot of weaponry whose craftsmanship you are unfamiliar with. They're clearly made in whatever the hell place Zills come from. Yeah. But they appear to just be pretty bog-standard weapons. They don't look like they anything more than what you're used to. Yeah, so we don't loot... We don't loot... um, At this level, I don't loot stuff that isn't at least masterwork. Um, What you do find around, however, discomforts you a little more. Um, In this... Around the stone... There have been a bunch of little creatures laid, um, and you're talking here things like field mice and birds 
and a couple of larger things. Nothing sort of larger than a mountain pig. Nothing you'd classify as even remotely dangerous. Um, and they have little gashes on them. And Michaela looks at them and says, you, um, they're still breathing, and she checks over them and looks at them. Oh, you, uh, are, are you feeling all right? They clawed you, didn't they? Uh, yeah, there's some kind of poison in their little talons, but um, not, not the good stuff as poisons go. I've been poisoned by better. Uh, I'm pretty confident that you're fine, but these things appear to have, these creatures appear to have been paralyzed and then have had eggs laid in them. You. I think I should probably check you over just to be sure. I'd appreciate that. And she will, like, literally get out her lantern and check in your mouth. Yeah. And get you to stand around and bend over and all this sort of thing. Yeah. And she says, okay, you're fine. Uh, I think we should probably kill these creatures just... On general principles. Uh, and, um, Kaelin will get out, um, some kind of relatively small, um, bashy weapon. Yep. And put the creatures out of his misery. Yep. Out of their misery, and then, because they're paralyzed and they've got eggs laid in the poor little buggers, and will then burn the bodies. Yep. The one awesome ability Zills have is implant. They can lay eggs inside a paralyzed creature. Lovely. And the young emerge 90 days later, devouring the host from within. Yep. Which will not happen because I'm torching the bodies. Yep. Mm-hmm. Uh, killing the host solves the problem as well. Oh, okay, good. So. But, yeah. <laughs> Kaelin doesn't know that. Yep. He doesn't want his legs. Anyway, so they appear to have um, been using this thing as almost a nursery. Yep. Other than anything else. And Zamas appears next to the glowing thing. And what you see is literally half a stone. Um, like it looks like stone to you rather than glass. It's quite thick, about yay thick. And on the edge, it looks like it is glass. On the faces, it looks like it is stone. Um, so no light will come through this thing as it stands, clearly, but there's glass in there. And it looks like half a disc that has just been snapped clean in half. The break is perfect right down the middle. Um, and it is a comparatively heavy, large piece of stone glass. You you pick it up with ease. Yep. You're ridiculously strong. Yep. Let's get this back where it belongs. All right. Yes, where it belongs. So carrying it back to the um, watcher's stone. Yep. You carry it back, and because you have already made the knowledge engineering check for this, yep. you can put it back in the Oculus if you yep. so choose. Yes, that is my plan. Yep. And with ease, you unscrew the fittings, you fit it in. It fits in there like a glove, unsurprisingly. Cool. Um, nothing occurs when you do this. Yeah. Not that you're necessarily expecting it to. Um, and Zamas looks at it. It continues to project the soft, eerie light out from it. Um, and the master looks at it. Zzz, yes, goods, yes, goods. Mm, zzz, not zzz, all zzz, as goods. We're going to look for the other bit. Or other bits. Zzz, 
Gets you fancy. Gets you Easter Rara. I think that's fancy chest with stuff inside. Thank you. Stays. Yep. She vanishes again. Yep. We'll stay put. Yep. Uh, she does not appear um, immediately yeah. or any time quickly. How yeah. long are you prepared to wait for her? Uh, well, I mean, we don't really have any place else to go tonight. Yeah. I think we'll set up camp by the chest and yeah. wait yeah. and see. She literally returns like three, four hours later Sweet. and just poof, blinks into it. Appears yeah. as if she's always been there. Yeah, so um, Kaelin will, I think, be on watch. I can't remember. I think he takes the first watch of the night, so... Michaela is in fact asleep in her tent at this point. Yep, and Zabas is not intentionally trying to alarm you with this, so she appears, you know, 30 feet away from your camp. Yep. Um, and she has with her oh, That's right, the Pathfinder of his secret chest in 3.5 is Leoman's secret chest. Ah, yes. I believe it's Leoman, anyway. Rings a bell. Leoman's secret chest. Okay, so what she appears with um, is she is pushing along in front of her an exquisitely fine chest. Um, it looks like it has been made by master crafters. Uh, looks like it's made of sort of a fine rosewood or something like that. It has platinum hinges. It looks like it is ridiculously um, expensive in and of its own right. And, of course, Tristan would later be able to identify this for you as the component of a um, secret chest spell. Right. Wherein you hide a chest full of stuff on the ethereal plane somewhere. Cool. Um, By nature of the spell, the chest has to be extensively expensive. Right. And you make a tiny replica of it so you can pull it back out. Cool. That's clearly never happened. Zzz, lost. Zzz, she pushes it towards you. Yep. Thank you. Zzz, stone. Zzz, good. Zzz. We'll try and find the rest. Thanks. Poof. She vanishes. Sweet. Go wake Michaela because treasure. Yes. I. Oh. Sorry. Where did that come from? Uh, the, um, Zazimus bought it. Yeah, I'm sure there's a bit more zzzzzzzing in the pronunciation, but I see your point. Um, uh, it's, um, some kind of chest thing that was sitting around, around where she lives, apparently. But, you know, it looks like a really nice piece of work, so I'd like to find out what's inside. Good God, this spell sucks monkey balls. <laughs> Um, you need a 5,000 gold chest, which yeah. you hide on the ethereal plane. Yeah. It can contain yay, yay amount of stuff. Yeah. Um, after 60 days, there's a, ch- a, f- a cumulative 5% chance per day the chest is irretrievably lost, so you can only use it for short-term storage. And okay. if you lose or destroy the little miniature version you have of it, you can never get the chest back. So it's completely useless. And it's a fifth little spell. So it's a completely useless extra plane of storage device. I, I guess if you really want to hide something that you'll need again in the short term mm-hmm. <coughs> and have a 5,000 gold chest around. Okay, so the chest itself is worth 5,000 gold mm-hmm. because it is a magnificent, luxurious art object. 
Awesome. Um, it is also locked. Right. Um, and you and Michaela both look at each other and realise neither of you knows how to pick a lock. Yep. Um, you can, of course, smash it to bits with ease. Nothing will prevent your adamantine greatsword going straight through it. Well, um, because, like, if you bash, bash, bash on a valuable chest, you might damage it. Yep. But it is a lock. I, I only want to smash the lock. It's not a padlock on it. The lock is built into the chest. Oh, I see. Right. Um, so so you, you could do some light surgery on it with, yep. your, with your weapon and chop the chunk of lock off, but you're still putting a fist size uh, hole in the chest, which is... Chest. Uh, will definitely get you in, but is badly going to damage its value. Alright, um, given how nice this thing is, what well, say we take it back to town and get someone who knows how to open locks to um, have a look see I think it. that's a fine idea. Yep, so we will merely carry the very valuable chest home. Yep. Okay, all good. Yes, so we at that point head back to town. Okay. And at that point is the hex explored. At that point the hex is explored. Okay. Unsurprisingly, you have no more random encounters. Your odds of having them are pretty slim now. Yeah, because the centaurs are helping us. Okay, so that is pretty much the whole month. Yep. And um, we cross off a couple of days of Sarinth to get back to um, get back to the kingdom. Yep. So later on, I will have a kingdom turn and then go down for the central run. But for right now, I would like someone to help me open this lock chest and figure out what's inside. Okay, so. You gather people round who have some idea what they're doing. Yeah. Um, Tristan has his best go at it as the PC that actually has ranks in open lock. Yep. Uh, I believe. Yes, he has his best of escape, giving him a and one rank, giving him a grand total of plus ten to open lock. Yep. He cannot open it, taking twenty. Okay. So at which point we commission a yep. you know actual locksmith. You're going to have to actually pay a locksmith. You can yep. certainly find one. <coughs> That's fine. Um, I just need to look up how, how much, much it costs. This expertise will cost you. Because at the point the chest is fi- worth 5,000 gold, I kind of don't want to um, smoosh it. You ask around. Uh, this is actually over the limits of your kingdom value. So you get a locksmith who comes and looks at this and goes, that's a fine piece of work. You don't see much like that anymore. I can open it for you. It's It's going to take a while, though. Very expensive, very tricky to do. Hard lock that. It'd be about 150 gold to get it open for you. I'll can jupe a key for that. Sounds fine. Mm-hmm. Okay, so 150 gold, he will open the chest for you. Voice of the editor here. The rest of the session is just doing equipment and inventory. Feel free to listen if you're interested, or just skip on to the next session. Cool. What's inside? Uh, a spell book. Which is useless to you. Yeah. Because you have no wizards. Still cool, though. Um, Tristan goes through it and goes, hmm, ah, hmm, oh, ah, interesting, yeah. Uh, hmm, based on the market value of these spells, it could be sold for 2,475 gold. Cool. Um, I we, won't bother to give you the spell list. No, no, we don't care. But um, our, we're totally going to um, sell it to the, see if the known wizard who lives in our kingdom is interested in purchasing it. Oh my, yes, 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 I could go for that, yes. Oh, yes. thousand gold, I'm sure I have that around somewhere. Just need to liquidate a few investments. Yes, yes, no problem. Sweet. Um, and there is also a wand in there. Ooh. 
Okay, so we also have two magic rods from Dragonleaf Gulch. Yep, which now that you are just sitting back in the kingdom and not doing anything terribly exciting, yep. Michaela says she can identify it over the course of several days. Cool, and I'd like her to do the wand as well. Okay, so the wand yep. is a wand of dimension door Ooh. with 22 charges on it. Ooh. That is so good, and yet Kellen is so unable to use it. <laughs> you know my um, my character in um, my character in the other game, in my character on the Desert Island game, can sort of use these things. I'm quite like a wonder dimension door. Uh, and the other ones, the two rods. Yep. I just need to look up my rod because one of them is a rod of Pathfinder rising. Getting the close, next closest thing. Uh, yes, these are fun. Uh, okay, let's back them. Ah, they're a kind of assistance to spells. You, uh, you you wield the rods as you ca- you wield the rods as you cast with them to produce slightly different effects. Uh, this one ensures you're able to cast lower lower level spells without any verbal components. Just a rod of lesser silence. Lesser Silent Metamagic Rod. Lesser Silence? And the other one is a Lesser Extend Metamagic Rod. I see. How much are they worth? 3,000 gold apiece. Whoa. They work on spells of third level or lower. Okay. Alright. Um, I will want to divvy up that treasure, but... Um, I And actually, divvying up treasure doesn't take that long. Yep. I'd be good to do that to finish out the session. By all means. Okay, so, um... Uh, and I will try and work out for you what a wand of super massively expensive dimension door costs. <laughs> so, a... Fourth level wand. 50 charges... 420 gold charge, 9,240. Could I have the calculator, please? You could. Thank you. Um, what's a masterwork greatsword worth? Uh, 350 gold. Okay. Um, so, are people interested in magic rods, masterwork greatswords, or wands of dimension door? Uh, no one wants the greatsword. Yeah, I figured. Um, the lesser silence rod, no, because um, yeah, it's useful in the circumstances where you can't make any sound but can still wave the rod around. Yeah, uh, extend somebody will have because that shit is awesome. Yep, uh, and I believe the man that will have that is probably going to be Tristan. Right. Because um, it can make his horse go for longer? Yeah, he's got lots of good spells of um, third level or lower, but I don't know quite who will take that. All three casters want it. Right, okay, fair enough. Um, but it will certainly go to someone. Uh, the Wand of Dimension door is also extremely useful, but um, lunatically expensive. Yeah, it is quite expensive, but it is fantastic. How much debt are you in, Michaela, at present? 
Yeah, I figured she'd be the one because she's actually got used magic device, doesn't she? Not enough. Uh, she will so have that. It's uh, fantastic. I and mean. she actually cast with it. That's the thing. <coughs> Just need to double check on how um, how hard it is for her to um, dupe it. Yeah, whether it's a thing that's actually practicable for her. No. It's um. She can't really actually it's, use it. It's useful. It's usefully awesome, but it will be several more levels before she's able to use it with any real degree of reliability. Right. Yeah. At which point she can presumably, while it is nicely discounted, she can presumably buy one of her own. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, also. To be honest, as as the person running her, I don't want to put an item on a character list that she's not going to be able to use for seven levels, yeah, because yeah. I'll forget that she can't use it, or by the time I get there, I'll forget that she has it. Yeah, yeah, makes good sense. Um, Tristan, I just don't think, is that interested in Dimension Dooring to spend enough money on it, and he would be um, the other one who can cast it. Yeah. He can cast it automatically. Yeah. But, um, no, not for that much money. Yeah, yeah, no, fair enough. Oh, hells, yes. Yep, Tristan takes the rod of um, extended meta magic. That's fine, so it's um, 1500. Yeah, at least half of his spell list can massively benefit from that. Cool. Extended Phantom Steed, extended, extended Invisibility, Extended Unseen Servant, Extended Alarm. Oh. Kalen is going to buy the chest. Awesome. So I'm going to, the guy who makes me the key, yep. I will wear the key around my neck and leave the chest at home. Yep. So if I have anything that I need securing, I'm putting, that I'm leaving behind me, I'm putting it in my magic, I'm putting it in my chest, because we know it's intensely difficult to break into. Although, you know, he can sell you a chest that has a good lock that is substantively less um, fancy. I suppose. Yeah, that's a good point. <laughs> Yeah, that is probably kind of a crazy way to spend my money. It's just it's such a kingly chest. Mm-hmm. It is a very kingly chest. You're welcome to have it if you want it. It's a lot of money. It is a lot of money. Yeah, no, I think I need the money. No, that's all right. I shall restrain my urge to buy the massively expensive chest. He says, well, you know, it's mostly artistic rather than of any actual practical benefit. Now... I, for myself, prefer a good, solid iron chest with one of these spectacular quality locks on it. I could I could recommend you a few things. I don't particularly need anything secured at this stage. I just figured I'd buy the chest while the chest, chest buying was good. No, that's okay. That um, does make a substantive difference to my yeah. conclusion GTP total. Because you actually can get better locks than what's on it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. So uh, they're definitely saying the characters definitely hitting the point where um, they've got more magic items than one can necessarily keep track of. Yes. Mm-hmm. All right, and Kalen now has a shitload of money again, mm-hmm. which means he can totally buy our dead vein for his foot. Can if you want to. Mm-hmm. No one is stopping you. So, how much is an undead bane on a flail? Because uh, the flail is plus one already. So, uh, it's the next tier up. So, if you're making it a plus two weapon, then it's 6,000. Yep. 
is very specific fit-wise. <coughs> lots, of, lots of undead out there with bones, though. Yeah, that's kind of what I'm thinking. All right, yes, I will commission the um, flail to be undead banified. Me, me and Corwin can totally be an undead smushing machine. <laughs> Nah, I'm not gonna get me one of those meta magic rods. Mm-hmm. They're awesome. Magic flail. It is what? Plus two versus the undead? Uh, uh, plus two to hit versus undead. And 2d6 plus 2 damage. Because it effectively counts as a weapon of plus 2 higher enchantment. Yeah. Um, and um, that's the other thing, of course. Let me just double check there. Nice. Uh, so you don't need it to be magic, then. Um, you, you, as in you don't need it to be a plus one weapon. Ah. Because remember, you don't need it to be a plus one weapon anyway. Yeah. And it automatically counts as a, as a plus two better magical enhanced weapon against undead anyway. Right. So if it's merely an undead bane flail, it does nothing against a normal thing with DR magic, because it's not infused with magic. Yeah. Against the undead, it's fused with plus two magic. Which and means also that deals extra damage. For the purpose of whacking Vordekai, I don't need to put the additional plus one on it. Correct. Um, would you be prepared to... Absolutely. Because <coughs> I kind of already did yeah, that. That's, but that's uh, rules. Yeah. Um, so that would save you 6,000 gold at the cost of it being uh, one realize, less to hit, one less to death. Yeah, I realise that it... Um, I will adjust its stats accordingly. Um, I realise that it no longer... Because <coughs> <coughs> it's, yep. it's a masterwork flail. Um... Yeah, so you're, you're missing plus one to damage. Yeah. Although it, it, you don't have a, you don't have a magical bludgeoning weapon against things that need magical bludgeoning that aren't undead. Yes, but that's getting quite corner case. Yeah, because I um I have I have magic weapons and I believe I also have oil of magic weapon. Yeah, yeah. and there's, there's only really... so far you can go down that route because at that point you're carrying you know a silvered magical weapon. That's also fire. That also projects fire. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the um, the reality is, there's only so much good all this shit does me, given that I don't have the capacity to ID these things on the spot. Mm-hmm. <coughs> <coughs> yes, but I'm rather entertained by Kevin's whack a ball system. Right, I yank out the next weapon and bash it. Nothing. I yank out the next weapon and bash it. It flinches. Good. So that was either the lawful. You know, the bludgeoning or the undead bay, one of the three. Yeah. Alright, so you return to Shadeport. Yep. 
You identify your valuable magic items. You sell them to the sort of hardy folk that wander through the town for the express purpose of buying this kind of crap. Which I appreciate. Um, or you sell them into the markets whereupon merchants ship them to Catfish <coughs> and everything is sold. Um, <coughs> and you look forward to the Kankatera run. Yes, month. this month now. It's the, it, the month begins and we look forward to getting on with the Dull Kingdom business so that we can go go do the Centaur run. Mm-hmm. Alright, so I will put the run on my list of Kingdom events. Okay, and yeah, you will receive word of when that is set up for. Yep. Yeah, ne- I'm happy to do the run and the kingdom turn in whichever, whichever order you prefer. I, I think kingdom turn then run will be the easiest route. That's what I want to do, but I'm just saying, you know, <coughs> we can totally do the kingdom turn later in the month. No, if, uh, it's, it's all pretty, um, yeah. Okay, all good. Yep. So we'll leave that there. Yep. Dun, dun, dun.